All right, onward in Galatians. We're going to start with Galatians uh, verse 26. Seems like a weird place to start the last verse of a, of a chapter, uh, but uh, we do need to remind ourselves that um, the original did not have verses and chapters and headings and things like that. And uh, there are quite a few scholars that have uh, analyzed these things uh, in you know, going over many years and said, you know, they probably got this one wrong. That the really, he is changing the subject now in, chan in, in, uh, in verse 26 of chapter 5. So would you turn with me to uh, Ephesians 5, 26, and we'll read through the first five verses of chapter 6. What did I say, Ephesians? Yeah, well, it'd be all right if I switch books, right? Yeah, maybe not, since I prepared the one in Galatians. <laughs> What's that? Oh, okay. I wish I'd thought of that, too. <laughs> Galatians 5.26. Now you've had plenty of time to find it uh, in, in the Bibles that are in front of you or on your phone or the one that you brought with you, which you know very, very well where everything is. I know that to be true. All right, let's read. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something... When he is nothing, can that possibly happen? I mean, really. He deceives himself, but let each one of you test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Father, we thank you for the gifts that you give. Thank you for your presence right here among us. Thank you for delivering to us the Holy Spirit who indwells us. And we pray now, Lord, that you would install your words into our hearts and our souls and our minds. And let us be renewed in ways that we didn't even know we needed. Right now, in your name, amen. You know, uh, I think one of the things that happened in Galatia, if you haven't been with us, you know that we've been talking about how they got the, their faith wrong, that they had originally embraced the faith in Jesus and that they were being saved, and then they turned aside from it and decided, oh, let's do the law instead. Let's go back to the law of Moses, and oh, by the way, there were not a a lot of Jews there. There were a lot of other people there called Gentiles, which is today we would say everyone else. And um, they were trying to perfect themselves, not through Christ, but through the works of the law. And one of the things that happened in their midst is as they began to depart from the faith and continued in that direction and focused on the law, it created pride in what they were doing. 
They became conceited. They began comparing themselves to each other. Ha! I'm better than you are. Look at what I'm doing. You aren't doing that. And the response would probably be, so. well, no, but who cares about that? Look at what I'm doing. And, you know, this is a really dangerous thing. There was an astonishing level of arrogance that developed in that church. And pride in the law, pride in personal works, and it produced a spirit of envy and strife, and they were provoking each other and damaging one another. It reminds me of one of Jesus' parables in Luke chapter 18. I'm going to read it for you. You'll recognize it. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, religious leader, and the other was a tax collector, someone who made his life usually ripping people off. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing afar off, way behind the Pharisee, perhaps just barely inside the temple, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He knew who he was. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, saved, redeemed, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. They had it wrong, and it produced a very wrong spirit among them. And Jesus had taught about it many years before. You see, when we let the law lead us, when we let the rules and the do's and the don'ts and the to-do lists and all of that kind of stuff, we end up with all the wrong ambition. The ambition for self, the ambition for showing off. And this is not the kingdom of God. And so often the ambition when that happens, it is not for the lost who don't know him yet. And this was Paul's admonition to us. Let us, all of us, not allow that to happen. Let it not happen. And I love the fact that he used us. Not you. You. It was us. He included himself. The great apostle, the one that had, wrote, had written so many books of our scriptures, the one who had led so many people to Christ, the one who had started so many churches, let us not go there. And when the Bible says, let us not, it is a translation of a verb in uh, the original language that is an imperative. It was a command. 
Today, I might rather say, we must not let that happen among us. The conceit, the envy, the provoking, the damage, all of those things. Let's, read, let's move on to, 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 uh, to chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, if anyone is caught in any transgression, that's another word for sin, and it is not the word caught as in like caught in the very act. Different word for that. This word actually not only just says caught, but it, it, it brings along with it the idea of being surprised. You know what that's like, right? Where did that come from? Did I really say that? You know how that is. Did I do that? Did I really provoke someone? Did I really insult someone? And that's kind of the context that he's talking about here. But it is also talks about deliberate things as well. I know a lawyer. I don't know him well. It's not somebody in our community here. He lives a long way from here. Uh, and this event happened a long time ago. <clears throat> And I can't say that I was his, a very good friend, but I knew him. And I knew a lot about his story. And this lawyer was prosecuted for misappropriating client funds. The money was still there. There was no evidence that he actually planned to misuse it, like for himself. But it was in the wrong place. It was in the wrong account. And somehow there was an audit or something like that, and the mistake was found, and it was a mistake. He never denied it. He admitted it right away. Never tried to cover it up. Anybody ever been there before? Oh, yeah. The civil authorities, however, they decided to make an example. And they prosecuted him to the very fullest extent of the law. I don't know what financial penalties he had to go through. I do know this. He lost his license to practice law. He lost his business. He lost his only source of income. And he was not at retirement age. But here's the bigger issue. And this is the one that hurts me right to the core. You know, we live in a world of civil laws and civil authorities, and sometimes there isn't much feeling when people mess up. But the bigger issue is this, that his church completely rejected him. They shunned him. All but a very few close friends completely ignored him. They stopped talking to him. They shut him down. And they shut him out altogether. The church, a big church, thousands of people. You see, that church failed in this, what we're talking about today. The time when we most need the church, our brothers and sisters, our family, the time when we most need them is when things have gone wrong, even if I do it on purpose. When we fail, we need each other. When I have failed, I have needed you. 
And I have been treated with, treated with grace time and time again in ways that this man didn't. You see, our call is not to judge. Our call is not to put people down. Our call is not to condemn. How often have we had that happen? It happens in the church. It happens in the community. But it should never happen here. Our call is to restore and to heal. It is to assure one another that we indeed are forgiven. Christ died for our sins. Every last one of them. Even that one. Or that one. And not just the big mistakes. I'm talking about the things that we do on purpose and there are times when we do them when we know it's wrong. Jesus died for that. He paid the price. And our job, our call, is to make sure that when people are struggling with those kinds of things, that we wrap our arms around them and help them to understand that they are redeemed. God has given us a ministry of reconciliation, not just to him, but also to each other and to our world. And that is our call. Whether the sins are deliberate or inadvertent, whether it was a surprise. You know, we like to think that if we just make a mistake, that, you know, we should get a free pass. And people don't often give that free pass. But God did. He gives us the free pass again and again and again. Because he punished his son. Instead of us. Jesus paid for our sins at the cross. There are no exceptions. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. Not none except. Not all but. There is no condemnation. That doesn't mean that it doesn't make myself sick when I keep doing the same stupid thing over and over and over again, is there anybody here who hasn't gone through that? And even if that lawyer had misused those funds deliberately, he didn't need to be punished by the church. The local earthly laws were taking care of that. He needed to be restored in a gentle spirit, one that is loving and full of grace. Verse 2 says, bear one another. Bear one another's burdens. He's taking another little turn here. He's got, you know, three verses that are all a little bit of a turn. Very much dealing with our sanctification now, more than our justification. It's not talking so much about how they're being saved. It's talking about how they're dealing with each other. Bear one another's burdens. 
As I've been thinking about it, I'm thinking about all of us together, standing shoulder to shoulder together against all of our struggles and all of our troubles, shoulder to shoulder, and then bowing on our knees together, sometimes in confession and repentance, but most of the time on our knees, seeking Jesus, seeking the assurance of forgiveness, that even that thing that I did, is it really forgiven? And sometimes we need people outside of ourselves to remind us Christ paid for that. Forgiven. Not condemned. Forgiven. The assurance that what he has done, it is enough. It is enough for God that he paid the price and it needs to be enough for me. And it needs to be enough for you. It needs to be enough for me when one of you messes up that Christ paid for that. And I have a role, not just as a pastor, but as a brother, as a family member, to remind you and myself Christ's payment was enough. We don't need to live there, we don't need to live in guilt. There are those around that would like to punish us for a long time. I pray that that does not ever happen in this place. And then we need to be on our knees together, seeking comfort of love of the gospel. We need each other. We need to be together for the Lord. We need to receive from him again and again and again when I fail. What do I do now when I have failed? I can't take it back. I can't undo my failures. Now what do I do? Sometimes the answer is kind of clear. Sometimes not that clear at all. This is all about relationships. You know, we, so, we are so individualistic that we emphasize our relationship with Jesus so much. And we've got our families and our tight little group of friends, and those are all great relationships most of the time. There was that one time when maybe not. But those of you who are new here, um, you, might, you don't know that I use that little expression from time to time. Um, but the relationships that God is calling us to are, are sensitive and caring and loving for each other. Relationships that call us together, each other, into the presence of the Lord and all of his people again and again and again. I mourn for those who claim faith in Jesus, and I don't doubt that, but they never get together with his people. This is our family. And it would be like me as an only child leaving home and never going back. When people stop in the fellowship, they, when they stop being part of the family. It happens. I'm sure you probably know some people. I remember a time quite a long time ago, um, and, I, and so much had been going wrong for so long. Some of it was my fault. 
some of it just the realities of life. And they were just building up and building up, and it seemed like there was going to be no end. We're talking months and months. You didn't know me then. I wasn't a pastor then. But it crushed me. This endless sense of it's just not right. I was despondent. My prayers were soulless, soulless. It got to the point where I could pray, but it was like, why bother? And the world, the word, this precious word, it got to the point where it was just empty for me. I'd read it, and there was nothing there for me. It was really hard, and after a while, I just kind of quit. Everything. The best I could do every day was drag myself out of bed and go to work and pretend that I was actually doing things that were meaningful. I shared this with a friend, a Christian friend. Um, his response to me was this. You're not going to let that continue, are you? Wow. Hard. Hurtful. Didn't really work for me. Would it you? It's all law. And I kind of wallowed in it for a long time, and I, I don't remember how much longer. And finally, I called another friend. A friend who, by the way, in many ways, was fond of to-do lists. Are you praying? Are you reading the Word? Are you doing all these things, you know? Uh, but this time, he didn't do that. This time, he said, come see me. And I will pray for you. Not we will pray. I will pray. And he carried me to the throne of grace when I couldn't find the way. And he didn't give me a to-do list. He just prayed and prayed. And he put his arm around my shoulder. And you know, his praying didn't really remove the darkness right away. But there was finally this little glimmer of light off in the distance. And it gave me just a little bit of strength to return to the word. I didn't do it right away. But the light was there. It wasn't getting any brighter, but it was there. And this was not a, con you know, like God convicting me. He was inviting me. Try again. I'll be there for you when you come back. So, for some strange reason, I decided to read all of the epistles in the New Testament. I started at Romans and kept reading. There's quite a few of them. And it wasn't until I got to the pastoral epistles, 1st, 2nd Timothy, and Titus, somewhere in there, that the darkness lifted. 
interesting that it was the pastoral epistles. And the darkness lift, lifted. You see, the law, it doesn't work in things like this. It can't work. There's no power there. The power is in the gospel. And I needed more than just reading it. I needed someone who was just going to give me gospel. Let me talk. Let me spill my guts. He loved me. He made no demands. And that's what works when we're sharing each other's burdens. I, I fear that there have been times when people have wanted to share their burdens with me and I wasn't getting it. And I ended up with a to-do list of my own. It's usually centered in the Word. So if that has happened, I am so sorry that I missed it. I really am. These messages in Galatians have been magnificent for me. I hope they have been for you. And as we go about life and it's busy and we've got too much to do and all those things, please remember that God is calling us to restore gently. Whether it's a sin or a struggle or just a sense of, I don't know where I am anymore. God is calling us to restore each other with gentleness. Be gentle with each other. No condemnation, no to-do lists. Just gentleness. And be ready for those times when somebody just needs you to pray with them, or I should say for them, in their presence. Stand shoulder to shoulder. Get down on your knees together and seek the Lord of hosts. And he will change everything. Father, thank you. You never left me. You never leave any of us. I don't really know what happened. I can look back on events. I can look at events that happened to others, people I love and know, people that I barely know, and I can see things happening and the effects that they have, and I don't know why. We sometimes just end up in a place where it's dark. I pray that you would sharpen our awareness to each other. Look for those opportunities to minister gentle restoration to those who need it. Thank you. In your great name, amen.
Jesus, friend of sinners, we have laid so far away. We've got down people in your name. This way, Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth becomes so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around, but never looking up. I'm civil-minded. A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands and a heart divided. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be Help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Jesus, friend of sinners, the one who's riding in the sand. May the righteous turn away and the stone fall from their head. Help us to remember we are all the least of these. Let the memory of your mercy bring our people to their knees. Nobody knows what we're for, only what we're against when we judge the wounded. What if we put down our skies, just over the line, and love like you did? Oh, Jesus, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be Help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, break our heart for what breaks yours. You love every lost cause. You reach for the outcast, for the leper and the lame. They're the reason that you came. I was that lost cause, and I was the outcast. But you died for sinners just like me, a grateful leper at your feet. Because you are good, you are good, and your love endures forever. You are
Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our heart be led by mercy. Oh, let reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, Break our heart for what breaks yours. And I was a lost cause, outcast. Hey, you died for sinners just like me, a grateful leper at your feet. art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Everybody. You are not alone if you're a lonely when you feel afraid. They're not the only. We are all the same in need of mercy to be forgiven and be free. It's all you've got to lean on, but thank God it's all you need. Of all the people said amen. Oh, 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 and all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord for his love never ends. And all the people said amen. If you're rich or poor, well, it don't matter. Weak or strong, you know, of this over together. God knows he stumbled and we fall. And he so loved the world he sent his same to save us all. And all the people said amen. Ho, ho, ho. And all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord for his love never ends. And all the people said amen. We're torn apart. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are the poor and hungry. 
for another start. For this is a kingdom, the kingdom of God. And all the people said, Amen. Everybody. Ho, ho, ho. And all the people said, Amen. Give thank to the Lord for his love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Ho, ho, ho. And all the people said, Amen. Give thanks to the Lord for his love never ends. And all the people said, Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Thank you, guys. Wow. Hello.